0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 77 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we talk about the benefit of pre point routines and overcoming nerves. We discuss how much you can improve by watching videos and what rubber is good for a beginner. As always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois.
1: Thanks, Jeff, and good morning, Pingskillers.
0: Yes, it's um, it's really dark now at six o'clock, Alloys, in the morning, and still six thirty now, still dark.
1: Yeah, that's right. Getting the days are getting a little bit shorter, but we've still got um, yeah lots of light here. Still um, still light at about eight thirty at night. So um, yeah, good times here in Australia.
0: Indeed, yeah, good time of year and lots of sport on the TV, um, so it's great. Um, and we're here, Alloys, to talk about table tennis. We've got a um, interesting question of the day yesterday, which was: In how many countries is table tennis played? And alongside that, Brock has asked a question that says: How famous do you think table tennis is in the world? Do you think table tennis is one of the most famous sports? And I guess one way to gauge that is how many countries play table tennis
1: yeah so um so there's around two hundred and eighteen countries um affiliated with the i t t f and I know they're working on a couple more and I think they they they've almost got the most number of countries of any sport um in the world affiliated so uh it, it's a huge sport and that and that's on the back of a, um, a huge development program that they've um, had going for many years now um, and um, started by uh, one of the one, one of uh, the Australians that we used to play with um, it was uh, Glenn Tepper so he started the development program in the Oceania region and uh, and worked hard to get the um, countries affiliated there um, but now uh he it spread uh, right around the world to all the continents, and uh, yeah, he's worked really hard, and and the team at the ITTF have worked really hard to to spread the spread the game. So yeah, two hundred and eighteen, and it might even be more. I think it's probably closer to two hundred and twenty as we speak. So um, yeah, great job with table tennis, and wow, it is a huge sport around the world. It well, certainly well. is, isn't
0: it? And. I think they're doing a good job um presenting some of the bigger events. Uh, we were starting to see them look more professional and I I've got a feeling it's just going to go from strength to strength. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, um yeah it is, isn't it? And and like um our question yesterday um you know and Dita made a comment on there um about the show yesterday and he was talking about the Chinese and he said I just wish that they would, you know, show some emotion or at the end or, you know, just show that they're happy to win um, um, win matches. Um, and I think it's a really critical factor. You know, I was watching, I um, can't remember, maybe it was the Q80 Open and uh, and Ma Long and uh, Zhu Zin playing, you know, great match. Um, Ma Long wins and at the end they just shake hands and, you know, Ma Long sort of puts his hand up to the crowd a little bit. But, yeah, just... Just not enough. Yeah, we just need more from the top players.
0: Um, Well, um, we do get that sometimes. Um, Zhang Zikhar ripping his shirt off after winning the title or, you know, the other time he got fined his whole match fee for kicking down the barriers. I mean, he's certainly showing emotion.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so the one guy breaks out of the mould and he gets fined $50,000, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean... I don't condone his you know the the kicking of the barriers, but but yeah maybe it's just that pent-up emotion you know of not being able to just allow himself to celebrate and yeah just we just need to change that area of the game.
0: indeed, all right well that moves us on ours to the pink skillers question for today, which is what are the critical factors that make the Chinese better? So put your thinking caps on find out what you think is the reason the Chinese are better. Leave a comment on our blog, go to kingskills.com, click on the blog link and you'll find this show there and leave a comment to let us know your thoughts and tomorrow Alice and I will uh, give our thoughts on why the Chinese are better. Alright let's get into some of the viewers questions. Alice, Matt has asked a question, he says, I get nervous during matches. My arm feels very nervous, as if it's almost shaking. This doesn't help my shots as they start to miss. I am an attacker, but sometimes I'm too scared to attack. How can I stop these problems?
1: Yeah. So, again, really common question, uh, Matt. So, in a game situation, often we get... um, Really nervous and that 's just your emotional level changing or going up, so you start to you, you your heartbeat starts to get faster um, you know you start to get what we call butterflies in the in the stomach um, your, your arms start to maybe even shake or get nervous your legs stop you know so all of these are just signs uh, that your emotional level is going way too high and over the top so you need to find or firstly need to recognize what's happening there and then secondly find some ways that uh, can help you to to calm yourself down. Often um, just a simple uh, nice deep breath can start to help you to do that. But um, you need to find ways to just firstly recognize that that's happening to you and then secondly start to think about Finding ways of calming yourself. And and as I said, a breath is really good. Just taking a few seconds away from the table, walk away from the table, um, clear your thoughts, um, think about your tactics, focus back on the ball. Um, All those sorts of things will help you to focus your mind on what should be focused on and not starting to worry about uh, what's happening in the match and the result of the match and will I win, will I lose, will this ball go on the table. Just let yourself play.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting topic, isn't it, Alice? I mean, when I was a junior and just starting out and getting better and better, I don't recall getting nervous hardly at all. I think I was just, you know, focused on just improving and there was no real expectation of results. So it was really easy just to get out there and play and just, you know, go for it. But then as I got better and then there was more expectation and, There's some matches where, you know, I thought I probably should beat a player. When that sort of happened later on, I did get nervous in some matches and definitely cost me matches where I was too nervous to play as well as I could. And I think, yeah, a lot of it is about that expectation and thinking about the result rather than concentrating on point by point and just, you know, playing each ball on its merits
1: yeah I, I think you're right there i think um just that exp- it's it's often self expectation <clears throat> you know um sometimes it's expectation of you know others, but often it's self expectation and, and where you think that you should be um and you know if if you're not living up to that expectation, then suddenly your stress levels start to go up or um yeah so just just try to treat each point as it comes. Um, treat the opponent with respect, um, and just work really hard at winning each point.
0: Yeah, it sounds so simple when you put it like that, doesn't it? But yeah, it can be really difficult. But I think it's like every skill, isn't it? It's just something you need to work at, keep getting better at, and it's something you probably should be practicing.
1: Yeah, you need to practice it. Constantly um, during your training it 's not just something that will happen when you go out there and start to play matches in your training. Start to focus on how um, calm you can keep yourself. Um, put yourself into stressful situations in training. you know put yourself into some match situations. Um, put some pressure on yourself to to perform during your drill so don 't just do your drills but do your drills and try to get five balls on in a row or ten balls on in a row. Um, try to win the point during the drill. Um, those sort of things. Um, so put yourself under some pressure so that you can start to practice um, that area of your game. So we've got a, we've got a section on sports psychology on the site, and um, and that's something that you can definitely um, start to look through. There's um, a free lesson up there um, about just recognising your feelings. Um, take a look at that one, and then there's also some other premium lessons um, which are which will be really useful as well for you.
0: Great, I'll put those uh, links to those videos in the show notes, Alice. Alright, so that moves us on to a, a similar question, Alice, from Dieter, who says, Last session our coach taught us the mental device of discharge, relax, recharge between every two points. I was focused less on tactical planning and it was hard completing this routine against players who served immediately. Is it worth developing this?
1: Um, yeah. So indeed, as extended question, he also talks about um, when he was trying to do the routine, his opponent was starting to get a little bit annoyed with him and, and that sort of thing because it was taking time. So firstly, developing a routine is definitely good. Um, it's something that you should work on. It's something that you should think about um, during your training. Um, a routine, though, needs to be really simple. It needs to be something that you can complete in a couple of seconds. If you can't complete it in a couple of seconds, then you're going to be starting to put yourself under pressure of time and trying to trying to complete your routine and, and worrying about what the other person's thinking or the umpire yelling at you. So a routine can be as simple as just taking a breath, taking a nice deep breath, which takes a few seconds, um, and then uh, thinking about the tactic you're going to use in the next point. So that's one second and then focusing on the ball, half a second. So in those um, five seconds or so, you can start to develop a simple routine that's gonna keep you um, pretty grounded and it's gonna give you something to, to focus on and occupy your mind for those few seconds in between points
0: yeah interesting Alice and so um Dieter's coach called it discharge relax and recharge so why do they give it that name
1: yeah so so that's just a technique that you can use you know discharging all the um, all your thoughts or energies um, then relaxing so you know taking a breath or whatever it is and then recharge so it can be anything you know just getting yourself moving again getting yourself um, yeah, on your toes, that sort of thing. So there are just a whole lot of different routines that you can use and, and different um, ways that you can do it. You need to find something that works well for you, but you need to also think about making sure that it's nice and simple so that you can uh, get it done in a, in a few seconds in between points, um, and um, that will help you to. To, um, to, as I say, occupy your mind. So the, the the real time that we find problems is in between points when we've got too much time. So if you've got, you know, 10 seconds um, in between points, that's when the, the head starts to... Um, churn things around thinking oh it's 10-9 you know what do I do here you know I need to win this point um, can I serve short oh yeah last time I tried to serve short I didn't serve short and the ball went long and he attacked me and and um, gee if I don't win this point then I'm not going to progress to the next round and, and all those sorts of negative start things start to happen in your head if you can occupy your mind during those few seconds with a simple routine of a breath tactics focus on the ball, then um, then it, there's less chance of those um, negative thoughts going through your head.
0: Mm, very interesting, Alois. Now, do I need to do this every point? It sounds like a lot to do every point, or can I just wait till that 10, 9 point and then implement my pre-point routine?
1: Yeah, I think you need to recognize when you're starting to, your mind's starting to wander, you're, you're starting to get those sort of thoughts through your head. And when you do, then you can use your routine.
0: Interesting. Now, I noticed, like, if, for people that watch tennis, like someone like Nadal seems to have this routine and he seems to do it every point no matter what. And he just seems like this animal is just so focused. Um, and even some of the other top tennis players, Djokovic, seems to be have this routine where he bounces the ball a certain number of times and they seem to use this all the time.
1: Yeah, sorry. So yeah, so just a simple routine. I think is important that you use every single point. Um, But your 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 breath, or you know, trying to calm yourself down. um, That is something that you can use. You know, maybe um, during towel breaks every six points, or when you feel like you really need to. So Um, yes, yeah, yeah, you you, you're perfectly right. Um, Nadal will go through the same routine. Um, every single point, um, you know, right through to picking his shorts out of his backside. Um, so that's just something that he has to do um, to for, for him to feel like he's going to play well. So yeah, those sort of routines are um, almost um, OCD-like, you know, obsessive compulsive-like, aren't they? But yeah, that's 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 often the life of a of a uh, of a top sportsman.
0: Great. All right. Well, thanks very much, Dita, for the question, and hopefully some of those thoughts help you out. All right. Now, Nikki T, thank you for jumping on live and asking a question using the Google Q and A app. We love these. Nikki T says, "I am a beginner and I'm trying to learn how to return side spin serves. What tips can you give me?"
1: Okay, Nikki. Um, the the most important thing is is thinking about the angle of your racket. So. If they're serving with side spin, the ball is gonna come at the bat and it's gonna go off sideways, either that way or that way, just depending on um, which, which type of side spin they put on it. So if the ball is gonna go off that way, then you need to start to change the angle of your racket so that now when it hits your racket and goes off sideways off the racket, it's now going towards your targets. So that's the most important thing to start to think about. Change the angle of your racket like a rudder so that you um, are getting the ball to go straight back. So work really hard on that um, and you'll start to understand what's happening. So firstly, watch which way the ball's going off and then you need to adjust the angle of your racket so that the ball just goes straight back.
0: Excellent. Alright, good luck with that, Nikki. I guess the other thing that's difficult for beginners, and I guess this is just experience, is working out which way the ball's going to spin because sometimes someone might do a serve and it'll hit your racket and jump off to the left, and then suddenly the next serve it'll hit your racket and jump off to the right. So until you can kind of work out what type of side spins on the ball, that can be really difficult and frustrating, allies.
1: Yeah, it is, isn't it? the, the, the thing to, to do is to really watch the ball when your um, opponent's serving. So firstly, watch um, as as they've got the ball in their hand, as they're throwing it up, and you'll you'll see what they're doing with their racket uh, peripherally as well. So um, if they brush across that way, then the ball's going to spin off that way. If they brush across, the other way then the ball is going to spin off the other way as well so you'll start to learn this and the best way to do it is to find a server that can just serve to you repetitively get them to mix up the direction that they're serving the type of serve they're doing and just repetitively try to get that ball back don't try and do too much don't try and smash it or anything just try to push the ball back and control the ball back onto the table and you'll start to um, recognize the links between what the server's doing and what type of spin is being imparted on the ball.
0: Okay, great. All right, well, Nikki, work on those things, keep persevering, and soon you'll be returning those side spin serves. Good luck yeah, with that. So our,
1: our, our receiving secrets section covers this really comprehensively, um, so that's probably an area that you can start to think about looking into um, as well.
0: Yeah, indeed. All right, The next one is from Christopher. Thanks, Christopher, for jumping on as well. And Christopher says, I've recently started a small table tennis club with four tables. What are some good ways to attract people to the club? Are there any other nuggets of wisdom to help with the initial phase?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly not an easy task. So uh, well done, Christopher, for, for taking it on. Um, it, it depends on what type of community you're in. Um, uh, if you're looking at um Younger players, I think uh, targeting schools is a great way to uh to attract players to your club um, pe- perhaps you know uh finding the time to just visit the school um doing a bit of a clinic at the school might be might be useful if you can if you can do that um get a couple of players to to visit the school go there and um and see if uh if you can attract players uh, to the club that way. Um, the other thing is you know just notices um, you know Facebook use Facebook use um, use other community type uh, organizations the local newspaper um, and then probably your biggest one is word of mouth so you know get players to um, to spread the word about the club um, and if and if you're offering a good service that will happen as well I um, yeah, okay. have a, a,
0: point, Alois, that word of mouth one and offering a good service because especially in a local community, that's a great way to do it. So I think if you kind of hold regular events that are fun, then it's really good. So if a new member comes into the club through word of mouth and, and has an event they can sort of compete in or a training session they can train in immediately and just get involved, then they're going to spread the word. So, you know, when I first started playing at the Table Tennis Club in ACT, they had like a handicap competition on like a Friday night and a Sunday, and it was a really good way to start to get involved. You could just come along, play some matches against people sort of similar to your level in your group, and you got rated, so you got a head start or um, or gave away a head start, depending on who you were playing against, and if you progressed, you got to play against some better players as well. So... Just holding some events that are fun and that people can come in and feel welcome and feel like they're part of it straight away really helps. And then that word of mouth will start to spread, and the club will yeah. grow.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, that that that's a really good one, um, and something that worked for you. So, the, and the other really important thing I think is um, just make sure that every new person that walks in the door gets a really good welcome. That you know that that you make them feel like they're welcome there. Um, You know, have someone in charge of that or you be in charge of that or or whatever it is or or just create the atmosphere where um, people um, do welcome new players into the club. Again, that's the word of mouth that's going to get you new players. You know, um, we often recommend um, that players go and join a club and sometimes we hear bad experiences of, you know, oh yeah, well I went there but they said I wasn't good enough or um, you know, and I think that's so critical that you know when a new person walks in the door that they are made to feel welcome, that they get onto the table. You find someone for them to to hit with, or there's some sort of structured way that that players can get on the table. You know, whether it's a tournament or whether it's um, you know just organising someone to to have a have a hit with them, just see how uh, what level they are. Um, you know, providing coaching, perhaps, um, if that's something that you think um, you're capable of doing. So yeah, so all those sorts of things, I think, will uh, will can help. And and hopefully, uh, other other uh, ping skillers that have gone through this uh, might be able to leave some comments on on the show as well about things that they've been able to uh, to do that's worked well for them.
0: Yeah, good idea. So yeah, if you've got any thoughts, leave a comment Um, and congratulations Christopher on your initiative and we wish you the best of luck. All right, that moves us on to Dakota's question, Alice, he says, do you think there is a limit to how far reading and watching videos can take you? I've put in countless hours of reading up on the many aspects of the game and watching videos.
1: Yep, so definitely Dakota. Um, there comes a time where you have to actually go out there and hit the ball. Um, and that's the most important thing for me. Um, so um, learning about the game is great. Um, watching what, what you can do is great. Um, but you have to, if you're going to improve, you have to go out and, and just put as many hours as you can out on the table actually hitting the ball. So that's, that's the baseline. That's the critical factor for, for improvement.
0: Excellent. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, watching videos is obviously beneficial to get, you know, pictures in your head of what the right stroke is and everything, but until you execute it over and over and over, you're not going to improve that much.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we talked um, a few shows ago about the different ways that people learn. You know, so some people learn better by by watching or by reading or by gathering all the information or hearing um, about it. But um, all those things help. But you know, doing um, doing is is for me the the most critical factor.
0: Excellent. All right. Hopefully that helps um, answer your question, Dakota. The next question is from Thomas, who says, I am 52 years old and a beginner, obviously a very rare and unusual species. Um, according to your experience, what is the minimum thickness of sponge of Mark 5 that you would recommend to learn with?
1: Okay, so um, yeah, firstly, not such a rare species, we discover lots of you um, around the place, um, but for Mark 5, I think, um, for me, probably a 1.8 mil um, is good. So, you know, a 1.5, 1.8, 2 mil, I think, is, is okay. 2 mil's definitely good. Um, 1.8 is, I think, you know, um, good as well for, for learning, even 1.5, but probably 1.8, if you can get that, um, is a good way to start.
0: There you go, all right. Um, yeah, Thomas, uh, good luck. Um, It's always fun picking up the sport um, when you're not very young, there's I guess more challenges with time for learning and things like this, but there's no reason why you can't keep on improving at any age, table tennis is a great sport for that, so um, keep on enjoying it and um, good luck um, in your endeavours. All right, Alois, that wraps up today's show, thanks everybody for jumping on, asking some live questions, we really love getting those questions. Uh, it's been a really good show, and we look forward to another show tomorrow. Make sure you check out pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter. You'll get lots of free table tennis tips. Um, and thank you very much, Alloys.
1: Yep. thanks, Jeff, and have a great day, Skillers. Tuesday, maybe we can get some table tennis in today.
0: Indeed. All right, see you, everyone. Have a great day.